0: To the 1010 Project Podcast. This is episode two, season one. So grateful uh, to be with you today. And um, I have to just first start this conversation with a quick uh, word of caution that I am uh, about four, three days, three or four days into dealing with vertigo. And so even sitting here trying to stay still and record a quick little hosting bet is uh, finding its own challenges. And so, uh, Tyler Reagan here. I'm your host uh, today with Josh Turner. We have an awesome episode set up, and Josh isn't on here yet. I'm just going to set up the interview, and then he's with us um, as we interview three incredible pastors who have been a part of 1010 from moment one, and guys who have been in our lives for a while, just to have a conversation about, uh, Josh and I can tell you all day long what we're trying to do and the ways we're trying to serve leaders But until you hear from the leaders themselves who are being impacted by the community that's being created, um, I'm not sure that would ever really have the impact that we're hoping to have. So um, Charlie Dawes, pastor of Hill City Church in Northern Virginia, which he will make that distinction for us, uh, is with us. Brandon Barber. He's a part of Grace down in Houston, and then also Craig Wendell, uh, a part of South Point in Mississippi. And so, amazing pastors, amazing leaders, that's coming up here in just a second. Before we go there, two quick admin notes is, uh, again, the music you hear throughout this interview is from our dear buddy, Thad Cockrell, and uh, you can pick up his music wherever music is sold or streamed. And then... uh, as we mentioned last time, Help One Now has been with us from day one, and if you want to know more about Help One Now and the way they're serving uh, families in poverty all across the world and ways that they can continue to serve those in Haiti, as Haiti is a mess right now, and continue to try to get out of, climb out of this crazy cycle of with the assassination, with the earthquakes, and, um, and the constant poverty, would you continue to pray for Help One Now, Peyton, Chris Marlowe, and the entire team as they're trying to serve in a, in a country they love so very much. And so uh, now one noworg is the best way to find out more about them and learn more about ways you can get involved with Help One Now. As we set up this interview, as we get there, I just want to take a moment on behalf of Josh and I to say thank you. Uh, we're kind of overwhelmed and blown away by the response to the first episode that we had. And so we're really grateful that you guys are kind of leaning in, whether it was from Life-Giving Leader or from CALLED, or just you believe in us, believe what's going on here at 1010 Project. And so we want to say a huge thank you, shout out to all you guys listening and who are part of the 1010 community. So without further ado, here's our interview with three amazing pastors who are part of Project One of 1010 Project. Well, welcome back to the 1010 Project Podcast. Me and Josh Turner. Hey, Josh Turner. What up? This, do you like how official that hosting moment was there? Did it feel official?
1: I mean, I think we're pretty official. People could see us right now.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Josh is, is watching the Braves game while we're recording uh, this podcast. So that's Listen, it's,
1: it's the playoffs, man. <laughs> so, I, I hey, today understand.
0: we've got a really fun podcast for you. Uh, we've got three gentlemen, uh, well, two gentlemen and a, and a pastor, um, you guys can decide who's who uh, but we got three guys who are part of our 1010 project one like inaugural kickoff groups guys who've been in our world and friends for a long time on the podcast today we're just going to talk about community we're going to talk about friendship we're going to talk about health and uh, with guys who are living and breathing it so first off craig wendell how we doing craig pastor in memphis tennessee
2: What's just up, kidding! Everybody? I know you're in. Yeah. I know
0: you're in Mississippi, Craig. We just always even, like to say that.
2: Yeah, I wasn't even going to say anything, but yes, I am in Mississippi, top of Mississippi. We are doing fantastic, dude. Fantastic. So, for people,
0: tell them a little bit about your church, Craig, and and how long you've been there.
2: Um, I planted South Point Church 15 years ago, and uh, we did plant through the Ark. So we're one of those old school guys. We've been around plant number 36. Um, so anyway, things have been going really well. We ended up uh, started out portable. And then ended up purchasing a multiplex building. It's got a how many, old and, movie. And
1: Craig, just so people know, how many square feet is your building uh, that your church is in?
2: It's 116,000 square feet. There it on, is. There.
1: <laughs> there it is. It's the biggest church building I've ever seen in my life.
2: It's a little it daunting. Is, it is. It
1: is something
2: else. Yeah, when the electrical bill comes every month, that's daunting, let me tell you. But uh, no, we're doing good, man. Is that why you you guys
1: use candles so much?
2: (laughs) We're getting in touch with the Presbyterian side of us, even though we don't have one. Yeah, so (laughs) things are going good, man. We survived, still surviving COVID and doing well and God's blessing and uh, having fun doing it.
0: Love it. Well, and if you're listening, and Craig, uh, you know if he if he's somebody you want to get connected to and want to learn about when your sprinklers go off in your building, how to deal with that from an insurance perspective, Craig is your guy for that. Craig, yes. thanks for being a part, bro. Thanks uh, for letting me be here. Next on the list, Charlie Dawes from Hill City Church in Virginia. Charlie Dawes, welcome to the uh, welcome to the show.
3: Well, let's uh, let's clarify. It's Northern Virginia. It, those are two separate states. Uh, and so Northern Virginia and just regular Virginia, those things are, are different. You can't so, yeah, say I'll,
0: that. So does Northern yeah, just, Virginia say that Northern Virginia is for lovers or is that just the other state?
3: No, it's all Any for Anywhere Charlie mean, is for lovers. That's right, Josh. That's right. Anywhere I am is, is for lovers. And so there.
0: <laughs> so Charlie, tell us a little bit about your church and uh, Charlie and I have known each other and Josh, uh, he was a part of Josh's church in Orlando um, and then uh, was a part of Southeastern University. That's how we've all known relation. We've I've gotten to know you when you were at Southeastern, Charlie.
3: Yeah. Uh, so been up in the Metro D.C. area for about four years. Uh, and then last year, uh, my wife and I, we planted Hill City uh, in October of 2020. So we are celebrating kind of our one year birthday um, right now. And so if you want to know what it is like to plant a church in the middle of a pandemic, uh, I can help you with that and uh and maybe tell you not to do it but uh maybe i'll i'll encourage you to do it but it's been it's been great so we're loving it we love this area we love living up here and uh i've got a middle schooler now so there's also other reasons for you to pray for me not doing nearly as well as craig um you know but we're we're getting along you don't have a
1: hundred sixteen thousand square foot building
3: no, but also in Mississippi, I'm certain that they give you those things away. I think everyone just gets one. Yeah. Like you 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 come through and they're just passing out property Craig, and land. I was actually also, at
2: I was actually at a yard sale and they just had this <laughs> building. I bought it for a So you know it was it an estate sale. Well. <laughs> and he's
1: also the mayor. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's easy that way. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, Charlie, thanks okay. for being a part. Of course. All right, and then finally, but not last, or, well, you are last, but not least, I guess is the way you say that, Brandon Barber from Houston, Texas, where it's hotter than blue blazes consistently. Brandon, how you doing, man?
4: (laughs) What's up, fam? It's so good to be here today, bro.
0: So you've had a lot going on, even as this year that we've all been in in community, you've had a a lot going on in your church, but tell us a little bit about where you're at.
4: Yeah, absolutely. It's so good to be here with everybody today and uh, see my good friends here. And um, man, a lot has happened in our world. I guess the quick nutshell is my wife and I, we planted a church um, in in the inner city of Houston right at 10 years ago. And then six months ago, we came together and merged with another church called Grace. And now we're pastoring and leading a church in the city of Houston still called Grace. So that's our world. We're right in the heart of the inner city of Houston and absolutely love it. And another side thing that I do is my family has been in prison ministry for 36 years full-time, and so my best days, my favorite days in the world is put me in the streets of our city and throw me in in the middle of a prison, and I'm having an absolute great, great day, so if you want to go to prison, I'm your guy, if you go to prison, I'm your guy, and so like, so, and Turner might be close every now and then, but uh, I'm there for, that's my world, prison, church, in the streets of the city, that's what I love to do.
1: And, and I think it's important. And I always want to say this because you're you're super humble, and everything that you say. When you say you do prison ministry, it's not like you do these small little like gatherings. It is the entire prison under a tent in the yard, or like whatever I call it the yard. Yeah. That's from my time in uh, Tallahassee
4: <laughs> from
1: the the Tallahassee the, PD. The
4: Tallahassee, yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm probably yeah. the only person that showered in jail on this call, just so we know. Um, and so... It's I'm just telling you. Um, Gosh, he's
3: felon in the off-season. Hey, every,
1: every saint's got a backstory, y'all. Stop. Every saint's got a backstory. So... Uh, <laughs> But you do these massive rallies, you and your dad, dude, that are just absolutely incredible. And some of your fa- my favorite stories of yours are uh, you preaching at women's prisons. And we'll, we won't go into it here. We <laughs> That's <laughs> weird, there- Josh, that
0: you wouldn't get into something based on <laughs> but those there, last but comments. <laughs> but <laughs> oh,
1: but um, hey, so I, I got a question for you guys. And, and Craig, we'll start with you because I, I remember having a conversation with you about 1010. I was actually in California with Harrison Conley, who's another part of it. Uh, I'd like to know for each of you, you know, as myself and Tyler kind of gave you the vision of what we were trying to do in our heart behind helping, you know, ministry leaders and next year business leaders stay healthy in the game. Like, what was it about it that made you say, hey, I want to be a part of this?
2: One of the things I loved about it, because, okay, I've done things with like the refuge or different Mm -hmm. one-off events. And if you don't know what that is, it's just, you know, you get together for some extreme man activity, whether it be fishing or whatever. Um, And I love those and enjoyed them, but there was always the question of, okay, now what? You know, I'd hang out with these cool dudes for five days, four days. And to be honest, you know, you all exchange numbers and you're like, oh, we'll text, we'll keep in touch. And Mm -hmm. we get busy and we just don't. And then the problem comes when you have an issue later on, you don't even think of those guys to call them or connect because you haven't stayed connected long-term. Yeah, And so one of my favorite things about 1010 that I have just genuinely reaped the benefits of this year was the ongoing thing. You know, we have that, that initial group meeting, that, that adventure trip, if you will, but then it's the month, the, every month, a call, a video call. But then more than that, it's the, since we're already staying connected to those things, there's the every single day, every other day, just texting back and forth. It's nonstop for the record. Yeah, it is. (laughs) It is. When I'm sitting there, and my phone goes off and it's one of those group messages, text messages. My wife, Patty, she'll say, who's that? And I'm like, it's the guys. And she's just like, oh, okay. (laughs) Because she just knows, just set the phone over there. It's going to blow up here for a second. Um, But it's been awesome. It's helped keep me grounded in a way that I I didn't even really know I knew, even know I needed until I had it. And it was just something that I relish greatly now. And so I call or text the guys, you know, I'll call or text Josh or you Tyler, you know, and just, Hey, what about this? Or what about yep. this? And it's just, and it's not just church stuff. I, I think that's, for me, that's been the key. Mm-hmm. It's just man stuff. It's just, Hey, my wife lost her mind today. She did this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what yeah. would you do? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so those man conversations are, <laughs> they're vital, aren't they?
1: Yeah. And so let me, I want to ask you too, like, so you're, you, you're a guy you and I met at refuge a few years ago and mm-hmm. you've got great friends. You've got how you've got Pierre, you've got all these great friends. Like has this been at a different level for you a little bit walking consistently every month with guys. And then I know we also did, you know, we all did on site together, uh, our group of guys. And there's really, I don't know if I've ever sat in a room and been that vulnerable. told us to stop talking. Yeah. Well, that for sure. <laughs> no, that's for sure. But like been that vulnerable with a group of guys and, and do you feel like that like helps solidify in you? Like some of these deeper relationships?
2: Absolutely. I have never, I told my wife this when I got back, I said for the onsite, I've never been through something as emotional as that my entire life. And it's never been more. And it's the most impactful thing I've ever been through short of um, receiving the holy spirit and just that that type of spiritual dynamic that is a
1: heck of an endorsement for on-site the holy spirit and then on <laughs> that is
2: it, that it is, honestly was an event that yeah cha- it changed my life it, it no, really did
1: dude I, I told my wife this i told becca the same thing i said i feel like a different human being mm-hmm. and and i tell every pastor now like regardless of whether you're in 1010 or not you need to go through on-site. I would just say, if you're a person in general, uh, you need to go through on-site to to really help you walk through some things that you probably don't even know that are that are that you've because we all have this reality right where we can bury stuff, and so it's like I, that stuff rules us if we don't do something with it.
2: Yeah, well, so, wait, rule- Go ahead, Craig. It, it rules us, but we don't even think we need it, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the deal. I didn't really know I needed on-site like I did until I went through. You made fun of
0: me for it, Craig. Let's be honest.
2: Okay. If I'm going to be completely honest, I was already hatching ideas to get out of going. I did not want (laughs) to go. And my assistant, I was getting ready. It was the day before we were getting ready to leave. And my assistant here, I was telling her, I was like, I really don't want to go. Did anybody die? Is there a wedding I can do? (laughs) It was that exciting. (laughs) I was that excited. But she said this, she looked at me and she said, um, she's an older lady. So she kind of got in my face like a mama bear. And she said, pastor, you know, you need to do this. It's time to grow up and go.
1: And I was <laughs> just like, Lord. well,
2: fine. Okay. And I, and I'm glad she did. Obviously it was fabulous. You lowered
1: your eyes in that moment. With, yes, ma'am. That's exactly <laughs> yes, right. Yes ma'am. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So yeah, uh, what
0: I, th- I was going to say, Josh, real quick, that what what's beautiful about this journey we've all been on all of us, the faith, the obedience, the journey is like people like miles and onsite said, Hey, we, we believe in you. We believe in this and we're going to, we're going to come alongside. Like that wasn't a nor- That's not a normal, um, partnership or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's been a really a God ordained, um, opportunity. And what's crazy is Josh, I can remember you and I sitting out on the driveway in my, my house, six feet apart. Cause COVID was the shelter in place was maybe four weeks in and, All I remember thinking when we were stepping into this thing was on-site has to be a component of this because guys and leaders have to learn mental and emotional health, understanding and tools to be better at it. And I think what Craig described is the safety that on-site creates is maybe one of the most beautiful parts of the whole experience.
1: Yeah. I would say it's our, you know, I was talking to some guys down at Southeastern this past week, Charlie was there, like it's our linchpin you know what I mean? Like you and I, I think you and I, it's, we're not a mental and emotionally stable. So we knew that we couldn't lead guys through stuff. And so, but to find the best that are out there to do it and say, man, we believe in pastors so much that we want to help you. And then also make it, you know, more affordable for people in ministry at times, like that was a, that was a huge thing for them and for us. And so Charlie, what about, what about you, uh, brother Dawes, you and I've done ministry for a long time together, but you know, and you're connected, and you were at Southeastern forever. Like, what was it for you that you were like, "Man, I want to, I want to be a part of this"? Yeah, Aside, I think besides I, your friendship for me, with me.
3: Yeah, uh, well, I, I think honestly, you know, the friendship piece is not to not to be overlooked. I think, yeah. you know, all of us have friends who who do something. They're they're you know they'll launch something or they're beginning to create something, and there's always something in you that you want to you want to be about what your friends are about. You want to mm-hmm. support them, and so I remember. When you and Tyler started talking about you know this idea, as you guys were launching it, little did I know um, that it would actually kind of intersect with some transition in my life, and would would end up being something that would be incredibly helpful. You guys, yeah. we talk about it all the time. You don't do ten ten necessarily because you're in a moment of crisis. You just might do ten ten so that you can actually avoid potholes 100%. and are aware of some things that are coming. So. For me, like I've I've done cohorts in education, um, you know whether it's different degree programs, I've been a part of different cohorts, um, but this was the first sort of um, formal cohort um, that had you know spiritual, but also sort of a social component, and then you throw in you know the the emotional health in terms of of onsite, and for me looking at this last year of, of planning a church and, and doing all of uh, all of what we've been kind of endeavoring to do. And I look at 1010 and I go, man, I, there are probably some potholes and some ditches that I don't even know about that I was able to avoid because, um, I had friends that encouraged me to say, Hey, like, this is, this is something you need. It's not triage. Um, you're not triaging a a wound. You're, you're actually, Hey, just go through this because this is going to put more tools in your toolbox. And I've noticed that's kind of how, how God operates with me. I did different degree programs. And it ended up preparing me for, um, you know, some pain and some difficulty in life that ended up coming that I wasn't aware of. And the same thing with 1010, I ended up being involved in this and it ends up preparing me for a season um, where I really felt like the Lord just kind of used it to minister to me uh, and to keep me out of the ditch.
0: And and we take from Brandon's ministry experience ways to avoid him ministering to us for long term situations
1: where we can only see Brandon and nobody else. Um, and I think too, man, like what you said is, you know, the, the whole heart, really, a lot of this is we want to help, you know, when we come into ministry, one of the first things you hear is this ministry is lonely, right? And we don't want to believe that, right? We, we all want to be like, and what's crazy is, is we're surrounded by people. So we're always surrounded by people. We're always talking to people, but what ends up happening and Ty and I talk about this all the time is people in our worlds either end up working for us or they end up being a part of our church. So the more successful you come and become in ministry, or even I would say as a business leader, the more insulated you end up becoming, not because I think you even have that desire, but because the world that you live in is forcing you to realize that like the people that you were once honest with, you can't always be honest with at the same level. And so that was, you know, that's one of the whole thing. So I love the fact that you said, like, don't discount the friendship part because dude, otherwise, like we're all just out on an Island and I've learned in my own life, I can look really good on the outside. Like I got everything together and like, I've got a ton of friends, but at the same time being like, dude, I'm lonely and it is hard. And so seeing you guys connect, you know, like Craig was saying, outside of just the monthly zoom calls or the trips, I think has been one of the things where Tyler and I've looked at it and gone, holy cow, man, like it's actually working.
0: Yeah, I told a guy today, I said one of my favorite things about the text is it can be just ridiculous. But if today Craig, you texted and said, Hey guys, pray for my sister or whatever the thing may be, the instant response and knowing it's not just lip service, but it's a group in your corner, it's 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 probably one of my favorite things of watching how this community has
2: developed. Yeah, I love it. One of the guys in our group did that, you know, requested prayer for something a while back. And watching everybody's response, just that immediate response, I just had my phone. I just sat down. I just smiled. It was just yeah. like, here's a group of guys that you know they're not BSing yeah. you. You know, they're, right. they're really paying attention and they're praying for you. And man, that wasn't even my prayer request, but it meant the world to me to know that there's just a group of guys that are genuine and, and real like that. What about yeah, you, you Barbara? think about it. Oh, sorry. I was
3: going to oh, say. Sorry. You, no, go ahead, Charlie. You think about it. So many of us, you know, in leadership spaces, and, and we're in we're in serving professions, right? We want to help people. We end up becoming really, really good at helping other people lift the heavy burden, but then don't have people to help us lift that heavy burden. Um, yep. And so for me, that's what that's what this is, and and I've, I'm grateful for it because again, whether it's a text thread, whether it's a phone call, um, it seems like each time we're gathering, uh, even on a chat, I've got one or two phone calls that usually end up happening after that just catching up with individual people. Mm-hmm. And so for me, there's a sense of like, man, I know, yeah, ministry might be lonely, but I know that I have people that I absolutely can, can lean on, be honest with. I don't have to impress them. They don't need for me to be what my title is. Um, I just get to be Charlie. And, and that's really refreshing.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
1: What about you, Barber?
4: Yeah, these guys, um, man, Charlie and Craig, everything they've said is just so true, and so spawned on, and and I want to first just say thank you to Josh and Tyler, man, I want to honor you guys today. If it wasn't for your yes, I wouldn't be a better man, I wouldn't be a better father, I wouldn't be a better leader today, and you've helped so many, so, and I just know this is just the beginning of helping so many others, so just thank you for saying yes no, to so. launching this ministry, to helping so many people, because I remember Josh knows very well, because my wife knew that she can call a couple of people and just and I was and I was a hot mess. I was in the middle of a mental and physical breakdown, literally in the middle of my of, of the my bedroom. And just you know you sad when you butt naked trying to have sex and you both cry. <laughs> you know, That's a level you of, of sadness that I don't know I've heard of. <laughs> that so would be you, no matter what. <laughs> No
1: matter what podcast happens next week, that will be the best quote for every podcast that's ever been released it's next real week. Thought, bro. You know, Dude, you know, you're you heard, yeah. you know, you
4: heard. Can just you just like, hold me instead? <laughs> you know. And so it was, it was. It was. You know. I got to the place, and my wife said, "I'm calling Turner, whether you like it or not." And I, and, and Turner. You're was like just, right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now, right now, and um, and he did. He and I'm so thankful for his friendship and the heart of this, of this ministry is, uh, I mean, got down here quick and helped me in the biggest time. And I didn't realize how much I needed 1010. I've been hearing Tyler talk about it and Josh talk about it and Josh like, Hey, we're going to do whatever it takes for well, the church invest. We got to raise money. We got to do whatever you going through this thing. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that, uh, that I was able to say yes to being through this, because it's always amazing when we say yes to something we don't want to say yes to It ends up being exactly what we need in that season mm-hmm. of our life. And uh what I realized is that a, a lot of things that it did, two things. One, I, I've been blessed to have a lot of friends, but what I realized I was missing is brotherhood. And um, and I think there's a lot of men out there that, that we have a lot of friends, but what they don't have is the brotherhood that that 1010 has created, like a family culture. And um, and I also I, I know this that I had the honor to be able to go to different trips. Craig talked about that too. There's different trips that are great and it reflects Refresh my soul, yes. But what 1010 has done for me is not just refresh my soul, but it's helped me sustain my soul. And I've never had that before. And it's That's just, good, it's bro. just totally just changed my life on so many levels. Uh on site set me free from my addiction, addiction to insecurity, my addiction to <laughs> affirmation, my my just like the, the, the walkthrough of being there with one another, I think has been something that I recommend to any pastor, any leader that is out there. That um, that's the gift of 1010 is it brings you a true brotherhood with consistency. Yeah. Um, that's not, in, and it will sustain your soul. And it's made me better. Like I didn't know what I was going to do. I probably lost everything. And yet it reminded me, 1010 has reminded me to trust the gift of God that he has on my life. Trust that at the end of the day, God loves his church more than I do. God loves people more than I do. He loves yeah. my family more than I do. And it's helped me get back to my um, what, what it really means to love God, Know what true friends and true family is, and no matter where God takes us, um it's not going to change the call in my life. And that—that's my story with 1010. Like it's—it's it's made me a better leader. It's made me a better man, and it's made me want to wake up every day and just uh, go freaking, just change the world. Do whatever we got to do, and it, it brought that energy and that passion back. So I'm thankful for. And I think every leader, every 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 pastor should send their leaders to be a part of this thing. And, um, and I'm super thankful for it. And again, I le- I end with what I led with is thank you for saying yes to this, bro. Both of you guys, thank you. And it's an honor to be a part of this.
0: So, well, we're, Brandon, we're real quick, where you go. when Josh got there like two days later, you were you were clothed by that point, correct? Like you had made it,
4: but he was no, still crying. We we, we did <laughs> we we didn't do FaceTime. We did body time, and so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Hey, um,
0: so one of the things, guys, is we're, we're living in a day and age where the target's constantly been moving for pastors, the uh, COVID, and uh, you, you named the issue, right? It's been a massive um, 18, yeah. to almost two years. That's what's crazy about it. Um, what are you guys seeing among your peers right now that either concerns you, uh, forget this whole thing for a minute. Let's just talk about our friends and what we're seeing among them. I had a lady ask me today. She goes, "What are some signs that somebody's not okay? You know, like what, what, what are you guys seeing among your peers that you're going? This is something that I'm, I'm watching patterns happen, and we really believe we've got to, we got to create this preventative uh, health stuff. You know, it's. Uh, I think I read something the other day that said in Asia most medical is built on preventative medical, not just responding, you know, and, and we don't in the U S that's not necessarily how we do our, our healthcare. How, how do we see the things in, in the lives of our leaders and our friends and start speaking into it? Anybody have any thoughts on that?
2: Um, I do have thoughts, but I think you asked like three questions. I did. So, Let me just, how about I just talk about one? Just talk Um,
0: about whatever you want to talk about,
2: (laughs) Craig. You just kept asking questions. One of the things I see that lets us know that our peers, our friends are not doing well is, um, and I'm saying not doing well, specifically speaking, mentally, not spiritually and not physically, but mentally. Um, They're not being honest with what's right in front of them. So I'll talk to some guys and they're like, everything's fine. I'm great. And I'm like, Bullcrap! If you're great with what's going on right now in your church or in your family, you're an idiot. But yeah. there, it's it's this false life that we try to live and stay in that and maintain that, and I think that's what breaks us down mentally. Um, and I read this poll the other day and it blew my mind. In 2020, um, it said that 24 percent of men either confessed to saying that they had depression or depression disorders or some type of anxiety. In January of 2021, that had gone up to 42%. So it went from 24% to 41%. And that's the ones being honest, right? <laughs> and that's the ones being honest. And that blew my mind because I was just like, oh my goodness, we really are in a struggle. And one of my biggest deals with even talking ten ten 10 to other guys, a lot of guys just, they're, they have the attitude of, I'm good, I don't I'm need good. it. And I'm like, you are so wrong.
1: And I I think, and we've talked about this before. I think so many pastors and and leaders, like we feel like we have to have it all together. And it's almost this idea, like if we say like things aren't good or whatever, it's like, we we think we don't have enough faith or no one would be able to follow us or we're not leading out of whatever. And man, I honestly, I just think it's, and, and I know that that's some old school, ministry mentality right like that you've got to have it all together and you've got to whatever i just i don't a see that in the bible uh where everybody (laughs) had it all figured out um but b i think what it does is causes these guys to isolate even more and then they never really deal with what they need to deal with because they're too worried about how they look not only i think partly to themselves but also to the congregations that they lead
2: yeah
0: you know Charlie, so, Brandon, any other thoughts on that? Yep. Great.
2: You no, try, I, no? no I, I think, yeah, I think
3: what what you're, what you guys are saying, I, I agree with, I think the target has been, has been set up and we're, and we're often shooting at the wrong target. Like I, mm-hmm. I think what we are espousing is success. Um, I think it it's patterned probably more after, And we've heard this and seen this for years i just think we're actually seeing the results of it now played out in the generation um where where we're embracing more kind of ceo mentality we're embracing more sort of um the way in which we're going to model our ministries are going to be after after organizations rather than seeing this as the church as a part of the kingdom of god it's a it's a you know and, and i think that that is not a corporation and should not be run in the same way that your local fill in yeah. the blank is run, because what what isn't what isn't taken into consideration in that? Because there's a lot that's similar. We all know that you, you need to take yeah. care of your people. You need to lead well. I'm not saying we you know push away from sound leadership. I, I'm actually right. saying the opposite. Right. I think you right. have to have leadership, but you have to also understand that there's a component of of weightiness. In, in leading in the ways in which we, we do in, in, the, in spiritual realms. There's a sense where this is going to feel heavier than if you were just leading a company. And if you don't take that in consideration, it's like if you ever played baseball growing up, you end up grabbing a softball at some point and you try to chuck that thing. And now you have to have Tommy John surgery because you, you just <laughs> threw a grapefruit. Um, it, it's, you didn't take into consideration that the size of this is different than what you've been used to. And I think when you add on all that's happening in our culture, unrest in all sorts of, you know, in places, and then a, a pandemic that is lasting a lot longer than we were all told. Remember when we saw that one post, like 15 days to slow the spread? I'm gonna punch that guy in the face. <laughs> um, because we're going on 108 weeks.
0: Right. Like. It's <laughs> so real-
3: I think I all was of that way off. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Miss try to corner and miss. <laughs> Um, th- there's a yeah. there's a place for us where I, I, we're just not taking that into consideration, and then when you get mm-hmm. so far into it, if you don't have people you can talk to and be honest with, yeah, then then you you feel overwhelmed personally because now you're having to deal with, hey, you're not as good as you've been telling everybody, mm-hmm. and and you're not as you're not as well as you you've kind of propped yourself up to be, and so now you're having a crisis of a failure in your leadership a failure in your spiritual leadership and then a failure just in terms of your own personal and that you don't know what to do. So you end up just withdrawing and turning inward because to yeah. share that with anyone feels like you've just, you've just called, you know, you've just thrown your life
2: away. You, you, does that make any sense? Yeah. yeah. Because so you, we was, were taught. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Talk, no, 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 no. Go ahead, Craig. We were taught in, well, let me, let me say it this way to be safe. In church planting world, we were taught that everything is supposed to always be up and to the right, always. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, it's never taught. But yet we assume that now our identity and our manhood is attached to that up and to the right projection of the company business slash church plant. And number one, that's not biblical and that's not real life. And everything plateaus and some things don't go up and to the right. And so what I'm seeing a lot of, and I'm, buddy, I, I fell in this hole of depression about, <laughs> oh, nine years ago, 10, ten years ago now, um, since the church was not growing up and to the right, that made me as a mm. person thinking I'm not right. growing up into the right. And so I'm a failure. And I think that's what you're saying, Charlie. And so there's yeah. this weight to the ministry that's huge. It really is. But I'm still supposed to be a healthy man of yeah. God. And if I can't take care of myself and work on me, then the, the church is never going to make it. You know, we've got to separate these things and That's right. um, <clears throat> recognize that my church will not always go up into the right.
1: So, so let me ask That's this right. for you guys to to what y'all are saying. Like, we know this is true. And, and the thing that I know Tyler and I don't want to do for the people listening to this podcast, we don't want this to always just be like a commercial for 1010, yeah. right? but so you're welcome
0: to join if you go to 1010project.com i'm just
1: kidding (laughs) we take ious that's as good as cash that's as good Uh, as cash you want to keep that one that's for the lambo hold on to that one
3: it's one hundred and eighty thousand.
1: yeah we're gonna make a bunch of movie references always in these because we're children two Um, clowns and a mic so let me ask you guys this like all three of you i'd like to know and and it kind of goes to what you guys were both saying so how do you, for everyone that's listening that's a pastor, that's a business leader, that's a whatever, let, let's start with pastors first. I'm gonna ask two questions. Uh, I'm going to tell you I'm asking two questions. I'm like Tyler, who just throws out 15. How do, you, how do you manage that in your own heart? Like How do you manage like your own identity when things aren't going the way that they should be? And then how do you manage the tension of leadership? in the ministry weight that God has entrusted you. And I think it's Charlie to what you were saying. And I know that you and I both love Eugene Peterson and have man crushes on him, but Peterson was huge in talking about that tension. And so how do you manage your own identity in it? And then how have you found that you can manage the tension between leader, leading people and then ministering to people at the same time?
3: I think, I mean, the first part of that uh, I'll, I'll quote, I'll quote another, you know, friend of ours, uh, Henry Nowen, um, Henry Nowen says this, that you are not the sum total of your possessions. You are not the sum total of your accomplishments. You are the beloved of God. And so I think when we talk about identity, if my identity is, is in anything else, but being the beloved of God, it can be damaged. It can decay. It can be destroyed. It can There can be a sense where it can actually go through ebbs and flows. But if I'm constantly rooted and I'm the beloved of God, I didn't become the beloved of God because I accomplished. He did not love me because I did something. Um, and so for me, I, I have to constantly go back to that place. Because we live in a culture that celebrates achievement. That's right. We, we mm-hmm. Even in the church world, it celebrates up and to the right. So I have to recognize that I'm actually going Instead of the up and to the right, I'm actually going in a downward mobility in order to be rooted kind of in Christ. It's going to feel opposite. So sometimes for me, practically, it means there's certain stats I don't look at in our church. It means I don't pay attention to them. It's not because I'm trying to be derelict in my duties, but I recognize that it is easy. It is easy to be. And Josh, you remember this. I called you. Yeah. There was a morning I called you and was in a ministry assignment, and it was a new thing. And I could feel the pressure that I was becoming two numbers, Mm -hmm. the offering number and the attendance attendance number. And I remember calling Josh and I said, just say this to me. I just need someone to tell me I am more. I am more than this. And I'm more than that. And he goes, absolutely. And I go, okay, that's all I needed. Thanks a lot. And so you've got to have places where you can kind of root yourself back into that. And then ministering out of that place, it it's like the it's like the flight pattern that starts one degree off. Yeah. If you if your identity isn't isn't settled. Yep. Then ministry is going to come from that place. It's like in Back to the Future for a movie reference, when Doc and Marty go to the 1985 that was uh, a result of Biff stealing the sports almanac. It was a tangent off of 1985. It wasn't the real That's right. It was, it was a
0: facade.
3: It was a facade. And, and so for us, that's where we end up. I think we end up doing ministry a, a lot there <laughs> where we know it's actually not true, but everyone else that's living in that tangent 1985, it seems real to them. And I think you've got to go back to the place of, okay, where did this start? I think it's why the calling narratives in scripture are important because yeah. we all have a calling moment. We go back to it. We go, oh, this is what it was. And none of us had the calling to have a ministry that destroys our life. None of us yeah. had, had a calling to, to do something that was going to damage the reputation of, of Jesus and our culture. We all had a moment where we were called by God to do something that only he could enable us to and only he could, could put in us. And so for me, it's the identity leads to how I can manage those tensions um, to the best of my ability and, and, not, and hold it loosely. Like obedience mm-hmm. is on me outcomes on God.
1: Yeah. Do you think that, do you think that most guys, I know we don't know most guys and it's kind of a a generic question, but like, do you think that most guys know that their identity is rooted in their performance or do you think it's a blind spot for a lot of guys?
3: I think, I think the answer is yes. I think we know it and it is still a blind spot. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime we go somewhere, watch this. Anytime you go somewhere and you meet someone inside of the first 30 seconds, Men will always ask this question. What do you do? Mm-hmm. What do you do?
1: And then if you're a pastor, you're followed up with how big is your church?
3: For sure. For sure. How so for you me, running, I, start, I just start running? giving like, I start giving really obscure answers. I'm a shepherd of souls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm a caretaker of God's flock. You know? <laughs> I just, I just, but no, I, I think no wonder know you, you don't have any friends, Charlie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm a weirdo. Freaking weirdo. <laughs> Yeah, I think we know it. mm -hmm. And I think we still, I think we're still blind to it on how much it's affecting us.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I I remember I was really tied up into that with just the performance of attendance and those two numbers that Charlie mentioned. I remember I had to make a decision one day that, in other words, I cared more about the seat than the soul. And and I just like, I I got messed up on it. So I finally put a rhythm in place to help kind of manage the tension of ministry to keep peace is, is there's only one number I celebrate until Tuesday. And that's the salvation number. Um, and I love it. Usually when I talk to pastors, man, how was Sunday? They quick to spit out their attendance number like, Hey, how many salvations you have, bro? They can't even spit it out. And, um, and I, and I, and I'm passionate about that. But one way that helps me just kind of stay balanced is I told myself that Lord just, and I pray for it every single week. I still do it. And I, and I practiced it today was, um, God just give me one story today. And then I make sure I tell one person every day, that story. And it reminds me of why I'm called. It reminds me of my purpose and helps me get away from the metrics of performance yeah. and, and different things and help really just kind of keep my identity into what God has led us to do. And that's to reach people. That's my personal flow and rhythm, but, but I make sure I tell somebody every single day to, re- and it reminds me, okay, God, you're good, God. You got this thing. I know we got to pay this. I know we got to do that. Not that yeah. metrics aren't important, but I don't want to talk about growth track right now, but let me tell this story <laughs> and yeah. and telling stories is really what helps keep me rhythm. And it's great. And my identity doesn't get caught in it. And every day I say, I know i said it before, but it's, it's my rhythm. I release this. like, God, you I say this out loud, God, you love the church more than I do. Yeah. You love the church family more than I do God. And, and you love the city more than I do. And I just, I got to release it every day and then share a story.
1: Well, I think it's too, Brandon. It's important for everybody listening, what you just said, like you've built it into a daily rhythm. Like it's, it's not just a, you know, I think so many times we think it's a one and done, right? Like I've been set free yeah. and I have no more of these issues. Like, no, man, like you're, you this is going to be something that you're probably going to live in tension with
4: daily. Yep.
1: and, and it is a daily thing for you. And so for exactly. like some of you that are listening, listen. You need to do what Charlie says. You don't, you don't need to get your numbers until Tuesday. And some of you need to build in a daily rhythm of, you know, daily giving mm-hmm. it to the Lord, whatever that looks like for you. Because otherwise, man, you know, you don't ever want to give the devil credit, but man, he's really no. good at
4: what he does. It'll, it'll eat you up. You know, there was, there's a story. We all know the story with Jesus in the Bible, with John chapter 4, the lady at the well. If you think I'm, about I'm it. I'm familiar I heard with that one. I'm yeah. familiar Anybody yeah. heard that one? <laughs> and, and I could be wrong. You guys are way smarter than me and and Charlie. with It's true, one. Brandon. <laughs> um, but I think this is the only moment that I can find in the Bible where Jesus was doing ministry alone. Was yeah. there, and nobody was around him. And if you study it right before that, they were saying that John, the Baptist is baptizing this many, Jesus is baptizing this many. And the very next moment, Jesus is about to go heal a, a heal a politician's daughter. I mean, the awareness, the metrics, the numbers was all around. I just wonder if the human nature of Jesus, if that moment at the well was more for his soul than anybody else's soul. And and just to like just to say, hey, I want to stay in a healthy rhythm where I don't get caught up in all of this. Mm-hmm. But I remember it's about the one person. And I remember this is, this is more for me than it is for anybody else. And I just think everybody has to find that rhythm for themselves. It's good, Whatever man. feeds your soul, just do that every single day. Yeah, it will, it will remind you and it will just keep you healthy and help keep you healthy and, and business and everything. Everybody's yeah. making a difference, whether you're business yep. or ministry.
0: That's great, Brandon. And, and based on what Charlie said with that quote about the being the beloved and and this, like, you guys, at the end of the day, it is about that piece, right? It's who am I? Am I okay? Like my soul, my identity, and those pieces. So, as we kind of put a bow on this podcast, and and first of all, I know Josh and I, um, we never speak for each other because we'll just jump over each other. It works out anyway. Uh, but on behalf of us, first of all, we would say we would applaud the three of you and all the guys that have been like you've leaned in to some space. I remember Craig, we sat in 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 Wyoming, and the first night, you're like, I'm just here because Josh asked me to come. What <laughs> like,
2: was the reason? Yeah.
0: There was a there was a trust. But uh, as we've kind of, if you think about the soul care and being the beloved, 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 you know, it depends on which translation you come from uh, or background on how you would say that. But what's something that surprised you in the area of, of yourself, of just of your soul care, of what God is doing in you over the last, you know, 10 months? We're about to all head to Montana together as we're kind of unfortunately, putting a bow in these 12 months, I don't think we're putting a bow on the community, which is a beautiful thing. What's something that you look at and go, I'm, I didn't expect this, but man, I'm so grateful that this has happened in my life.
2: I discovered, um, I didn't realize that I had as much deep pain as I had. Um, I went through a time of depression, like I said, about 10 years ago, and that's another story for another time, but I really thought I was good, like really good. Yeah. And um, there's, there's, a, there's a unique chemistry that, is, that, that came out being, I'm stuttering here a little bit because I'm trying to put these two things together. It's a unique chemistry um, of being around genuine men that are willing to just be honest about themselves. That component mixed with the freedom to really be available, be available to the deeper part of me that i yeah. tried to ignore or work past um and it wasn't bringing it out you know woe is me it was just yeah. like holy crap that's in me i don't want that in me that's one of those drivers that i need out of me so i can just be better you know what i mean it was just a revelation yeah wow well, yeah, this crap's still in me i didn't re- i'm freaking 51 years old i should be over all this crap by now right um, i should be an adult
1: now yeah <laughs> i should be all grown
2: up um but being around the men that are, are so transparent and real, that, yeah. that was huge. It really just helped me realize I was still being fake in some areas and I really can be real. And this yeah. is me and you can like it or leave it, you know, whatever. It, it That was fabulous for me.
0: And then you point to your big building and go, but I have this, <laughs> right? No, no. Okay. Sorry. No. Craig, I, I, no. I'm serious. And, I, and you know, I know I made a joke, but like watching you do that, I think there's, there's, Watching men in their fifties go there is rare. And so uh, it's just, a, it was a beautiful thing to experience and watching God just continue to bring uh, restoration and healing to that part of you is, is amazing. What about you, Charlie?
3: Yeah, I, I think I love what, what Craig said. And I think it's maybe similar for me, but I think it's the, the reminder that the, the God that we introduced so many people to um, desires to meet us in that same exact way. And so we, we can talk a lot about, you know, wanting to help other people find freedom and wanting to help other people kind of be able to sort out some of the boxes that are in their basement, you know, their yeah. basement of their souls. And I think for us to do that, it's just a reminder of how, how gentle and how gracious and how loving God is. Um, and, and I think we all, we all need that. And so <laughs> it, it was a, a, a good thing.
1: And it's also like, how awesome is it that we realize, you know, I think for all of us that went through onsite, I don't know if there was one person that didn't deal with some like pretty big stuff. For me, it was one of those things of realizing like, the Lord will allow us to carry that brokenness and hold us together until the time is right for us to deal with it.
2: Uh, Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: it's like, okay, now, like now we can go there. Like now Uh, you're at a place where you can work this out.
3: I genuinely created a script that I was going to use at onsite <laughs> um, in terms of like creating. Oh, come the on, bar- Charlie. Are you serious? Yeah. Creating the barriers. We're trying and to get out of it
1: earlier, Craig.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're Craig, hey, Craig, Craig You were you're you're trying to stay home. Was, so at least Craig I was, was going to for a,
1: Craig was praying for a death. So
3: didn't have to go. <laughs> Thank you, Josh, for pointing that out. I
1: got you, buddy. Yeah. My <laughs> heart's
3: not nearly as dark as yours. That's Yeah but honestly created a sense of like, Hey, okay, this is, this is how far I'm going to go. This is like what I'll talk about. Hey, these are some things I've talked about in the past. I've had counseling for in the past, like, and I, and I was trying to kind of guide and direct it. And I remember it just, there's such a grace in, in the community. When you have the ability to Mm -hmm. laugh, you spend time with, there's there's trust and trust breeds vulnerability and vulnerability is where yeah. you will experience yeah. something significant. Mm-hmm. And so for me, there was a, I mean, I went there and had, I had every intention to not go doing, there, <laughs> to not to do the opposite of that thing. And, and I didn't even like, wait, I'm just like, Hey, I'll go first. <laughs> and and then you realize like, wait a second. Oh, this is, and I, I could, yeah, for sure. But I honestly looked at all of the men in that room and told them thank you because they created an environment where I felt safe and I felt empowered that I could actually lean in and let God let God mm. do some ministry in my heart. I know we said it earlier on, but I'll say this for the Pentecostal brethren on the call. Um, it felt like an altar moment. That's the best way I can describe yeah. it. The most healthy altar moments of my life on-site is now included in that, in that mix.
2: Yeah. A three-day long ultra moment. Yeah. 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 With no offering.
4: With no offering. (laughs) That's it. Um, I'd say for me, a lot of what what Craig and Charlie already said. For me personally, I, you know, I I had friends. I thought I had friendships, but then I learned the difference between friendships and brotherhood. I didn't realize I needed a brotherhood like I had, right, that, that I've experienced over this last year and I've had the honor to build. And uh, it has been, the and, the and the difference too, is that it wasn't just a one moment thing, but it's been the consistency mm-hmm. that has been a game changer for me. And just, uh, I mentioned it before, I mean, just being addicted to insecurity, it, I didn't realize how big that was on my life. And even after God really delivered me from that, um, which I know we all deal with it at some level for sure, but it was really heavy. Um, at, uh, when we went to on site and uh, I saw I saw it starting to leak into my children and the Lord really just like used that moment to where 1010 wasn't just didn't just change my life. But, man, it, it's helped me become a better husband. It's helped me see things in my family that I don't want my kids to have. And so it's changed my family and all around. And so that's what I'm thankful for. I just the brotherhood that it's created that I didn't even know that I needed, that I thought that I had. I realized that I needed it more than ever, and um, and then what it's done from a whole family uh, through this has been yeah. been the biggest thing and the that's biggest great. win for me.
0: When, well, as Craig's generation would say, kudos uh, to you guys. <laughs> Sorry, Craig. As harsh, <laughs>
4: know, that's that's messed harsh. up. <laughs> uh.
0: But hey, for real, we've talked about this, but like we can we can set the table, we can do the things, but if you're not willing to do the work, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. And you guys did the work. I remember Charlie seeing you that first night. And you mm-hmm. come to dinner and you go, well, I'm good. Like I've done. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, watching guys just throughout the week, grab us and go, thank you for providing a space, providing a space for us to do this. And so I know Josh and I would both just say, well, thank you, one, yeah. for trusting us, but two, for continuing to serve your people so stinking well and your families. But um, we love you guys. And we're so grateful for your past, the way you pastor. I'm more grateful for the way you're a friend uh, to each of us. And, and what I love is, man, I, my, my list, you know, I think even prior to this was probably four or five that I can call at any moment whenever I need it. And they, but it's growing because we've, There's a community of guys that are bought into going, I'm in your corner no matter what. Uh, I mean, I did a wedding in frigging Oxford, Mississippi and drove up to breakfast with Craig, not even close to there because I wanted to see my friend Craig. And I think that's been a surprise for us. So Josh, anything you want to add as we kind of put a a closure to this thing?
1: No, man, I'm good.
0: All right. Well, you guys are awesome. We love you tons. And uh, we're super thankful for you being a part of, of 1010 Project, but also a part of this podcast.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you, guys, for being a part of this interview. And uh, again, those guys are just, they're just special leaders, special guys in our world. Um, and more than that, as we've talked about, they're just trusted friends. And I feel like I go to any of those men at any time and they would be there for me. And so I'm so thankful for that. A um, couple things just to wrap it up. If you are interested in this, you know someone that needs to be a part of 1010 Project 2022. We've got all our dates. Uh, we'll be going on the website very soon. We've got three snowmobiling trips lining up. We've got two UTV trips. Those trips are not – that's just the kickoff to the 12 months that you'll be a part of. And so uh, we'll get those dates to you. But if you if you do want to uh, – if you have an inquiry for us – it's a big word. And, again, I'm trying to say words while while dealing with vertigo – But um, if you want to connect with one of us, you can either just write josh at 1010project.com or Tyler at 10, number 10, the word 10project.com and we can get back to you and let you know ways that we can connect you to what's going on. And so, again, thank you, Craig, Brandon, and Charlie for being a part. Thanks for Josh for his comedic relief and um, constant great storytelling. And uh, we've got a great... Uh, A few weeks ahead, we've got our first group that's started with us in February. We'll be heading out to Montana in a few weeks to kind of put a bow on a year that's been really special for many of us. And so uh, really grateful for the time. If you're enjoying this, please rate it and share it um, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And uh, you're welcome to share any of our posts to uh, help promote it to your friends and your community. So we hope you're well, hope you have a great week, and we'll talk to you again soon.
4: I saw you the other night down the street, you were walking. I remember when I held you tight. I felt like a millionaire, and you were laughing and carrying on. The sky was pink and yellow, and I'm okay, but it hurt you're gone. I just took a deep breath and stared.
1: I'll get over you in time. I'm not
2: ready.
4: I'll get